Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Rebels Rewatch, not main show. No. Um, but it's staying in because I do this all the time, and I refuse to go back and admit my mistakes because I'm Anakin. Uh, hi. No. I'm Herd Leader John Wayne. I'm an angst therapist, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. Sometimes you got to admit you mess up, and you're human, and you're imperfect, and you're going to die one day. But you know what? That doesn't mean not try. Are you okay? Uh, here I am trying, um, regardless of what Yoda says. I'm trying because he didn't mean don't try at all. He meant have a good attitude when you try. Uh, so for you folks that want to throw that at my face, look, I've been Star Warsing for so long. That I've been Star Warsing <laughs> since before some of you were born. Uh, that is literally one of my favorite scenes. Don't at me. Uh, I will fight you. I will put you on the list with Elijah Wood. Um, oh, there are already don't, on the don't list. Judge me. I mean, Vince Vaughn's almost... I mean, <laughs> if this guy does not stop calling me, he's I gonna swear open. he's actually going to usurp Elijah Wood as <laughs> the guy that's going to receive my fist in 2020. Well, you see, it's him and it's Owen Wilson that are just like, her. <laughs> what are we going to have this fist for? Yeah, like, I mean, Owen's cool. Uh, Vince, Vince, man, if you're listening, stop it. You're wrong. Um, you've always been wrong. You always will be wrong. Uh, Do you need to talk to somebody? I'm talking to all the fans that um, that are awesome and not Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> that's real. not Vince Vaughn, I'm talking to you. There Every- is no way this is ever going to reach anyone named Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Oh no! Trust me. Nor he's so desperate. He's 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 scrubbing the airwaves for any mention of his his sad little face. Wow. Um. Learn learn what's a joke, people. Let me just go ahead and say that. Three and welcome to Rebels reasons. Rewatch. Hi. Hi. Um. So this was gonna be out um a little bit sooner, um, but it's out when it's out. Um. So just be glad it's out when it's out. Uh. Is what I've got to say about that. Um. <laughs> Listen, guys. Let's let's peel back the curtain here Goodness for a second. Gracious. He hasn't had dinner yet. I haven't had dinner. He just got home from work. It's just yeah, you having a day, babe. This is me. This, this is, is this is me. Um, unrated. This is my crib. Um, welcome <laughs> to it. Um, and you know, welcome just, to our Maryland mansion. Yeah, just uh, be happy to be here. Because uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I am. I am because I'm talking about Star Wars. I'm always happy to talk about. We're Star always Wars. happy to Star Wars. Um. So we are continuing on with our Rebels rewatch, and we are on to, you know, I always say it depends on your source. Episode seven or eight, it, it, it just depends on how persnickety you want to get. We're somewhere in there, and we are on to the Wings of the Master, um, which season, is an interesting title. Oh yeah, very, episode. very, um, very fantastical, fan, very fantasy. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, it, you you would be understandably mistaken if you thought we were going to ride dragons in this episode. But, I mean, we're getting pretty close. Um, Dracarys. So, you know, season two is, I mean, we've talked about this a few times now. Season two is very much that season of building. Um, The Rebels are building themselves. They're building their name. They're learning each other because um, it's not the Rebellion, Mm -hmm. but it is certainly more than just the Ghost Crew now. Yeah. Um, of which there's still maybe some holdbacks on completely labeling themselves as rebels. Yeah. But by and large, it's not our usual ragtag group anymore. Yeah, it's Phoenix Squadron now. Yeah. I mean, and you'd you'd be understandably mistaken if you were like, well, no, but every episode seems to focus on Phoenix Squadron. Well, yes, but they're, uh, we're, we're interacting with them as a part of a greater structure now rather than just them 
as Canaan put it in the uh, beginning, as you know, just sticking it to the empire. They're mm-hmm. not just a group of people who don't like the empire and are trying to help people. They are a part of a military structure now. Yeah. They're part of a system um, because ultimately, if you want to take down a system, you need another system. Yeah. Um, it can't just be every person, individual. Like eventually, you've yeah. got to network. You've got to build uh, a power to uh, rival the other power. Yeah, if you want to rage against the machine, you need a machine first. Yeah, right. It's, uh, it's Robocop versus Terminator uh, coming this Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Um, <laughs> so, you know, th- this episode is yet another uh, instance of that. I mean, essentially what, you know, last episode we talked about was uh, featuring Hondo. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, Hondo's not part of the rebellion. Not yet. But, um, yeah, well, the only reason Ezra was able to get in trouble with Hondo is because everybody else was actually going to do work. And yeah. clearly you leave the kid at home when you do that. Um, so everything is influenced by this greater narrative and story that the rebellion is trying to build uh, muscular piety. They're trying to build their fiber up a little bit, trying to thicken themselves up. Yeah, they're, um, they're eating a lot of Activia. Yeah, no, um, they're, they're <laughs> eating a lot of Branos, uh, oh. lots of bran, lots oh. of muffins, oh, um, no. lots of fiber. They're trying to build things up, um, you know, because as it stands right now, they are not fit for uh, yes. full-on one-on-one conflict, which is actually part of the struggle of this episode. Um, so, But this episode is really cool and interesting because... Um, as tends to happen, there's a big struggle. There's a, there, there's like a struggle that happens that's pertinent to the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's the setup. And then the rest of the episode is how Phoenix Squadron responds to that in order to benefit the bigger structure. Yeah. So, and that's our episode dynamic from here on out is, and it's really interesting because essentially you, the, the follow, uh, the narrative of, Star Wars Rebels kind of is to const- to construct and then deconstruct a story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from where you start in season one to, you know, leading into season two, you start to see them building towards structure. Season two is all about existing and operating in that structure. And then season three is all about how they devolve from structure back to individualism. Yeah. You know, it goes back to, no, we're, we're rebels and we believe in that, but we're the ghost crew. You know, we're not Phoenix Squadron. We're not a part of this. We are us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting how it starts and ends in the same place. Uh, but in between, we have really cool stories um, that help us not only get to know characters. Um, we get some interesting backstory on Hera. But it also gives yeah. us some cool stuff. Um, you many... know, that's that's always Star Wars mix-up. Yeah. How many seasons are there? Three. Oh. Well, that makes sense. And another question that came up in my mind while you were talking about brand, brand flakes. Is there toilet paper in the brand, galaxy? What? Is there toilet yeah, paper? there has to be. Or, but, or maybe they're advanced beyond toilet paper and exactly. use bidets. That's what I was thinking. Is there bidet droids? <laughs> no, not droids. Just a, just a, uh, um, just a toilet. Like, you just they install that on the toilet. They are called refreshers. Here's the oh, thing. Oh, refresher. Whatever. If they're giant memory banks Which, can we, have can we honor the fact that Star Wars has a much more, like... Uh, not prestigious, but like a very... It's bougie. No, not bougie. But bougie, but good. Like, I want that bougie. Um, Like, it's it's that... Because toilet is just so dang, like, crude. 
Or if you're in the South, the toilet. You know, like every name we have for the bathroom yeah. is wrong. That's because refresher your name is John. Refresher is so nice. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the worst of it. But, like, Refresher is just, like, such a nice, like, it doesn't sound bad. Everybody yeah. understands what you're talking about, but it doesn't insinuate what's happening. Yeah, and you should feel refreshed when you're leaving the restroom. Exactly. I mean, you know, so it's... Um, Especially if you have a bidet droid. No, no droids for this. But, we but, are we are beyond that. We that I mean, there's just certain things we will not subject droids to. Come there on. are batteries that walk around and have kind of personalities. Oh, I lied. There's four seasons. There's four seasons. There's four seasons. You've seen this before. Uh, listen here. <laughs> um, don't get put on the list. All right. Put on the list. You're Vincent it up right married. now. You're you're Elijah in my wood, and I need you to stop. And that's staying in. I don't care. If you see, if you take that the wrong way, you need Jesus, all right? You need Jesus. Because. Get help. Yes. Stop all right? it. So, are we good? Are we okay? <laughs> We're good. Do we need to fight about it? No. Okay, I'm, a, I'm not, not above it. We have guests. Oh, oh, yeah. Not in front all of right, kids. fine. We'll send them on their way and then we'll, we'll, we'll beef this out. We'll have a fist fight in front of um, the, in front of the <laughs> So, uh... So yes, so this is another episode that leads into, um, hey, Rebel Struggle, Phoenix, mm-hmm. help us out. Um, and this is sort of your dynamic. When you have a crew, when you have a group, um, you want to build that crew up. Yeah. You you add in interesting characters here and there. You <clears throat> put in familiar characters here and there. But by and large, you want to get most intimate with a key group of characters. Yeah. So obviously it's going to follow this dynamic um, every time. But um, it's world building and how they do it. Um, everything they do, they're very strategic and painting the empire in a particular picture. Um, they're also trying to give the perspective of why the empire is the bad guy, but also justified. Yeah. Um, because in the narrative, you know, the the rebellion are terrorists. They're guerrilla, uh, you know, um, war criminals. Mm-hmm. They're they are for all intents and purposes rising up unjustly against the government now sure i hear what people are always saying in that regard well it's the system that's unjust very true but as long as the system is the system it's not entirely unjust Mm -hmm. like a system can be morally unjust and yet lawfully just Boom. We see that play out in society all the time in that, well, why could they do that? Why is that happening? Because technically it's not against the law. Exactly. Morally, sure. But here's the thing. Morals stopped being in court in 1776. Like, it's always been a part of our fiber. So we cannot come to the argument completely with morals. Now, the prequels were the fighting ground where law tried to fight law. Mm -hmm. We see where that got. That's why that failed. And... By and large, that's why not a lot of people believe in law. A lot of not a lot of people believe in the republic. Not a lot of people want a new government. They just want the current government out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting the narratives that are always painted in every episode, and you you can completely miss that in this episode uh, that features a really cool ship, really funny character, and just interesting backstory yeah. for a very prominent rebel. Like all of these yeah. things, you're like, oh, a Star Wars. And in fact, there's this big, interesting web of of narrative um, that you don't have to have to enjoy Star Wars. That's what's beautiful and accessible about Star Wars is you don't have to have the whole picture and you don't have to go, you know, to level 1313 deep 
to to enjoy it. Yeah. Like there's so many things. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Lord of the Rings, one of them, where you have to you have to be Dread willing lady. to go to a certain point to be able to enjoy it. Yes. Because if you just take it for the surface, you're gonna have a lot of things where you're like, yeah. why, what, how, huh? Yeah. So you've got to be willing to steep into the lore, into the history, yeah. into all of that, and even into the real world, the, the musings of Tolkien when he was writing things. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff you have to have like as this pregame before you can really enjoy the game. Oh yeah, it's one of those things like people will complain and you know unfairly judge Tolkien's writings because he is kind of an over-explainer. He will give you the backstory... Uh, where that came from, why that is. But in reality, all it does is build a world and yeah. make you care about well, it. What, what, what you see here is two different versions of the same thing. Yeah. Um, I really believe, with all due respect to Tolkien, because I do love uh, his writings, mm-hmm. um, I do greatly appreciate his impact, and, and his genius is very evident. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's not a negative. He and C.S. Lewis were best buddies. But... He has he has a very specific on-ramp to his lore. Yeah. To his story. You have to come in through point A, B, or C. Yes. That's what's intended. George Lucas, uh, for whatever mastery and genius he has in how he built this world, uh, and then was able to teach that to future creators like Dave Filoni yeah. and John Favreau his babies and, um, all of the input that he was be was able to inspire and like JJ and uh, Ryan like all of these people who create and do stuff within Star Wars do so based off of a template created by George Lucas and I using the word template isn't completely accurate because that insinuates there's some PDF file that tells you how to do this that's not no. the case but George has a way of creating many layers in which you can enter to into and enjoy Star Wars. Yes. Um, from everything to just because you like cool spaceships, just because you like sci-fi, because Star mm-hmm. Wars is not sci-fi, and yet you can come in liking sci-fi and like Star Wars. Yeah. Um, you can come in liking fantasy and wizardry. I'm you can go ahead come and raise in, my hand on that one. Yeah, you can come in loving militaristic action, uh, and you can love... Uh, political dogma you can like yeah there's so many ways so many people can enjoy star wars and it's so dang fascinating how you do that Mm -hmm. um and so all that to say there's an appreciation for this kind of episode where there's a lot that if you're looking and listening the right way it can add a whole new level yeah it can develop a whole new understanding or appreciation or you could just take it this way and be done with the episode. You yeah. know? I mean, there's a lot of people that would call this filler. Um, but there's a lot of this episode that I appreciate that's really interesting, and that's because of how I come to Star Wars. It hits me at point one, seven, and 12, whereas some people it hits just point three, or, you know, so forth and so on. Some people yeah. get even nerdier with it than I do. Um, so it's just, it's something appreciable about Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels, and, and, and really everything happening. I, I really believe, and, and I just think there's some secret formula out there that makes it possible, that somehow this is present in all Star Wars. There's all... Every Star Wars you approach, there's multiple ways to in, enter into it and enjoy it. Yeah. And it's just fascinating to me. It's really interesting. 
Um, if this is your first time listening to Star Wars Rebels Rewatch, then you might be confused because we haven't talked about the episode yet. This is how We've every episode it. goes. <laughs> yes. Here's We've told you what we're talking about, and then we talk about something else. It's a concept. Like, time is linear. Time is well, not linear. Yeah, the, the thing we're, is... We're all going to die mean, someday. Eat we, the rich. We talk... Like, to just straight review the episodes It would be is, boring. It's boring. It's fast. There's no point. We did that for a long time, and we got so caught up in, like, the time restraints. Yeah, so, I mean, what you're seeing is the synapses firing off of here's all of the things this yeah. sparks um, in addition to just being a good episode. Without the Rebels rewatch, how would you know who John wants to fist fight? <laughs> right, apparently. You're on the list. Apparently. So it's okay, guys. We settled the whole bidet thing. Um, you did. <laughs> I Because I have a logical and I've actually thought about it answer. Tell it to Twitter. I, I well, no, they only limit me to like a hundred and something characters. <laughs> I cannot be contained in 140 characters. Why do you think I love a series like Star Wars with thousands? All right. Um, anyway, um, so uh, yet again, um, it, I, I think that we've engaged a whole different fan base with how we do Rebels Rewatch now because of how we do it versus a very straightforward, here's the episode. Hopefully yeah. you like it. This is very comfortable for us. We like doing it this way. You just um, like chatting. And this is a glimpse into, even more so than the main show, kind of, um, because usually the main show is so loaded, yes, we're talking as we would normally talk, but mm -hmm. we have a strategy because we only have so long to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be posting five-hour episodes. Rebels being that our content is not minimal in the sense that it's not important, but minimal in the sense that it's a single episode of a mm -hmm. show, we have so much room to be able to talk about the so episode. So much room for activities. And still be able to just chat about, hey, this was interesting, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, so this is very, very uh, casual, comfortable for us, and um, so we enjoy it. So hopefully you do as well. It's like slipping on a Star Wars pair of your leggings, my there, friend. There you go. Some. Put on um, your yoga what's pants. that pant? What's the brand? What's the pant? Um, that stupid brand everybody bought, Lu Lularoe. Yeah. Yes. This this is uh, Vadero uh, <laughs> leggings. Vadero leggings. So they hold you tight like a chokehold. Yeah, exactly. Choke your thighs on Vader Row leggings. <laughs> Somebody's gonna make this thing, Please and we're don't. not gonna see a cent of it. Please don't. Um, so the actual episode, um, again, the setup is a big rebel issue. Yeah. Um, there's a the pl there's a planet that uh, the rebels are sort of based on. You can still see the glimpse. Okay, they're still scattered. They're still not settled on a base yet, yeah. which. It like this need to have a base is almost this external expression of this internal legitimization of we're real. Yeah, we're we're big time. It's like when a when a garage band gets a studio. Oh, now we're real. Now we can compete. And so with the rebellion, I always have thought they're much smarter being spread out. Yeah, much smarter being mobile. Um, well, yeah, because then you can't have a kidnapped princess say, oh, they're on Dantooine. Yeah, like there is no single base. It's, it's yeah. safer. But here's the thing. They haven't encountered the Death Star situation. They haven't encountered a, holy crap, they can pinpoint us if we're all located together. So I, I can understand from a lore perspective why they wouldn't have that, why they would think, no, we need a base. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think there's this underlying desire. They need to be legitimate. And we're not legitimate without a base. Then we're yeah. real. Um, so they're still searching for that, but 
meanwhile, there's this planet um, where the rebels are based up, and they are cut off. Uh, the Imperials have set up a blockade, and they can't receive food. Mm-hmm. So They love their blockades. Yeah. So they have to... Well, it's this idea of we're not directly killing anybody. Number mm-hmm. one, eh, why waste the manpower? We're just going to let them starve. And so you let the problem take care of itself. Um, so the, the Rebellion has to set up, okay, well, we have to get them food. At that point, I think they kind of defeat the purpose because it's also like, okay, well, now they know rebels are there. Now they know you have a way to get to them. I would think they would just go destroy them. Yeah, you'd think. But that's an after credits issue. We're not talking about yeah. that. Um, so the first run goes poorly. Um, I, I love these instances. Like, you got to think of who makes up the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, yeah, these are guys that believed in the Republic military, may have been a part of it. Um, have some sort of police or or um, tactical training, like some have. Yeah. Exp- how off? How much? Like your your average rebel, what percentage you think have that? I mean, yeah, it's like uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings. Well, I was actually going to reference the final battle of Independence Day. That's also a good one. Um, you know, like it's it's bush pilots piloting F A eighteens, like. What the heck? First of all, you can't do that. Second of all... You said a lot of words. F, uh, <laughs> they, f- they fly passenger pa- planes, like civilian planes, but they're fi- like flying military planes. One of the, okay. At that point in time, most sophisticated planes that existed, the F-18 Super Hornet. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, but it's like going from... like Just because you can drive a car doesn't mean you can... Well... There's not, like, a military car. You can drive a Humvee if you can drive a car. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge Trust a me, I, I, I know a guy that drives them, so I know. Uh, like, but anyway, it, it's this idea of you're still throwing people in there. Yeah. And, like, it makes sense where it should be able to yeah. be, like, I would think if, I mean, um, so you remember the episode uh, of Clone Wars, that the uh, Malevolence, where they do the Y-Wing attack run? Yes, of course. Uh, first of all, magnificent. Uh, reintroduced the uh, YLTB Y Wing into lore. Uh, gave it sexy armor. It was amazing. You love the um, Y Wings. So I much. do. It's amazing. It's better than everyone except you, and uh, that's just facts. Get over <laughs> it. Um, so, in that episode, there's this whole thing where they're going through this like nebula thing, and Anakin's like, just stay with me. It'll happen, blah, blah, blah. And Ahsoka's like, you can do it, but they can't. Yeah. This is very similar, where Hera um, and the Ghost, they can do it. Yeah. But... Hera was raised uh, to be a pilot. Yeah, well, and she's experienced with this sort of thing. She's probably run against blockade. Like, she, she's inundated. She's good. She can handle it. Not everyone else can. Yeah. And so, it's really interesting to see that sort of dynamic play out in terms of not everybody is full-on military. Some of these people are just trying to help other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we get this misconception that the Rebellion is straight military all the time. Like, they're constantly fighting. They're constantly running battles. They're constantly shooting down ship. When in reality, they're also just trying to get food to people. This isn't necessarily a military operation. This is a this is a humanitarian operation. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's a lot of things where it's just like, hey, we're just trying to break, prison, break people out of prison that were unjustly put in prison. Like, yeah. There's a lot that they do that doesn't necessarily, although it requires military force, isn't a military effort. And when you put people that aren't necessarily military in military situations, like, it, you're going to have some significant loss. You're going to, 
it's not always going to work out. It's not going to be as straightforward. Because Hera, like, after the first run is just very, like, give me another ship. Like, let, let's just do that. Like, let's try again. We've talked about this where she's like, well, give me two. I can get one through. And it's just like, holy yeah. crap, Hera, calm down. Like, you know we have to put people on that ship. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, you, you can very easily forget that Hera is the daughter of a freedom fighter. Yeah. Who like, was raised to be a freedom fighter. Right. And so the call she makes, the decision, like, and, and that doesn't take away from her compassion or empathy. That really no. doesn't. If anything, it's because of her compassion and empathy for those in need that she's, I guess, willing, like, the she. I, I guess there's a point where you assume the rest of the rebellions as willing as you are to give your life. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we... We run into this in in church conversations sometimes where you would just assume, because people believe the same thing you believe, they're willing to go to the extents that you're going to. Not necessarily say kill yourself, but like, <laughs> yeah, they're willing to give up as much time. Like, but in reality, no. Yeah, like I'm putting hours into planning this and, you know, can you do this one thing? And it's just like, well, I can, but I don't really want to. And it's like, wait, what? We believe the same thing. What? Like, we believe this is important. Yeah. You know, at work. You run into it with people where it's just like, hey, um, I'm doing this thing. I'm putting a week's worth of work into this project. Can you handle this? And it's just like, well, I could, but why would I? That sounds like a lot of stuff. And it's just like, well, we work for the same entity, Mm -hmm. which means we believe in the brand, I would hope. Shouldn't we both put in the same amount of effort to push the brand? Yeah. It's not always guaranteed. Yeah. How, you know, um, so, like, how many rebels are just, like, I didn't, I, like, I, I'm here because I can fly a ship. I didn't sign up for getting shot at. <laughs> like, I thought we would just go deliver some food. I'm a pizza guy. Come on. Like, <laughs> uh, like, you know, it's one of those things, like, you stretch the job definitions of just, like, yeah. oh, he's a pizza guy. He could deliver food. Have him run the blockade. Dude. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't always work out that way. So, no, that, but that really stuck out when uh, she's like, no, give, I, I can get one through. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not only thinking about the people, I'm thinking about the resources. Like, okay, so that means the food that's on that second ship is going to get blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's going to run, run to Space Kmart to get the rest of, like... Sci-Fi Costco. You know, and who's going to run to Space SunTrust to get the money to get the groceries? Like, oh, wait, we're criminals. We can't go to the bank. Like, you know, it's these thought processes that come up in these rebel decisions where it's just like, again, you can just watch the show. But thinking about these things, it's really yeah. interesting. And then you just got Callus being Callus. Oh yeah, he's the definitive. Oh, I'm going to foil your plans. I'm the, I'm the rebel crusher. Me and my lamb chops are gonna just stop you, rebels. The only thing stronger than my lamb chops are my very strong thighs. <laughs> right. I'm gonna crush the rebellion between my thighs. So, Kanan for some reason has this plug. On, right, so they realize, okay, we can't just run at it like we've been running at it. Yeah. We need something else. And for some reason, Kanan has the plug on what they need. We need a faster ship. We need a better ship. <clears throat> I want to know how he got this information. If they say it, forgive me because I didn't catch it because it must have been such an anecdote. But yeah. essentially he says, all right, Hera, Zeb, Sabine, go find the ship. This will. This is the key to getting the blockade through. Um, and then eventually though, he and Ezra take it upon themselves to run anyway, because mm-hmm. the stakes are high. We've got to help these people. Um, uh, but in between essentially, um, Hera and them, the, it's really interesting because, so they land on this, sh- this planet 
and meet this character, Corey, um, who we come to find out is the creator of uh, the Blade Wing. The B Wing. Uh, what, 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 yeah, what becomes the, the B Wing? Um, the B Wing is confusing to me. I don't quite know how it does. <laughs> um, it, is it, it's is a, B. It a sideways? Is it a, is it a front? Wing? All of it. All of it. How? So. Uh, this is an origin story for the B-Wing, which is really interesting. Um, and so what's big? really great, because all too often, things just appear. Mm-hmm. The Y-Wing, for instance, it just appears. The X-Wing, it just appears. It's a part yeah. of the universe. The Y-Wing was created by God. <laughs> yes, it was, clearly. It is the sun. It is Jesus incarnate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and scoot uh, away from why? you. From, what do you think uh... Y stands for? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so. Okay, so I'll be doing the show alone as her... <laughs> Her John is going to be just, struck by lightning. Um, but so these are built-in parts of the universe. Yeah. Not too often do you get origins for like where things came from, and a lot of people are against it. I get that. I love this kind of lore of. Well, it's so unique. It's so interesting. You have to explain where did it come from. Yeah, it's a weird-looking ship. It is, um, and essentially, it's well, it's designed by a weird little guy. And, um, he is a weird looking guy. Because it's created by uh, 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 um, Mon Calamari, it almost already explains some of the design choices because Mon Calamari have always had very unique cultural design yeah. influences. It almost looks like a shark's fin. Well, a lot of their stuff is designed aquatic, uh, but can versatilely work because space is a lot like the ocean. Yeah. A lot of the same precautions that, um, you know... Uh, astronauts take are the same that aquanauts take. Um, God, it's the same that's pressure a good issues. Point. It, yeah, I mean, you know, well, that's why we explored the sea before we explored space. Captain Major Chris Hadfield is going to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> so and Russia's it, gonna pay for because it because things apply both ways. I mean, you can design it how you would design it. Um, so a lot of the the big Mon Calamari ships, the MC seventy fives. Um, or 79s, I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but a lot of the big capital ships that the Rebellion uses are uh, uh, Mon Cal- I keep wanting to say Quarren, because his name's Quarry, but they're Mon Calamari designed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, again, knowing fish people made it, has a kind of, okay, okay all right, I can see where you're coming from with this sort of, it, I mean, it looks like it could cut through the ocean. It looks yeah. like... It looks like it could skim across the sea. It it all of a sudden makes sense, all because fish people. Um, but yeah, it also um, what's interesting about this and why Quarry's here is it's very. I think you even referenced dodgeball earlier. It's very if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. It's very if you can fly it here, you can fly it anywhere. So some of the stuff about it is designed to weather the the environment it currently exists in. Um, so it's the perfect testing ground. It's the perfect influence for creating a versatile ship, um, unlike anything else you've ever seen. Yeah. There's nothing quite like the B-Wing, and that's what's so interesting about it, and those are the Star Wars ships I freaking love. It's also got a ridiculous amount of firepower. Oh, yeah. Like, this thing's got photon torpedoes. Well, what's unique to this one... So this is the B-6, um, which could be a reference to B-6 bomber, could be just funny reference. Um... But uh, it, it, it is unique in that no other B-Wing is designed quite like it because there are certain, when you build a single ship, 
there's a lot more influence you can have over it. Mm -hmm. When you start to mass produce that, you start to find ways to cut cost and cut corners in time and, and um, you know, uh, maintenance requirements and so forth and so on. So there's a lot of things in the B6 that are not present in standard B wings. Um, yeah. A lot of the firepower being one of them. Also, there's a really cool design in that um, much like the old um, old war bombers and the B2 bombers and whatnot, there's like this undercarriage uh, Gatling gun system. Yeah. So you have the cockpit and then there's a gunner station. We see this return in the design choice of the bombers in The Last Jedi mm -hmm. very overtly. <sighs> Like, very specific so cool. reference to this design. So cool. Um, the B6 has that. So on the wingtip, it has a gunner station, a, a piloted gunner station, mm -hmm. whereas in the regular B-wing, it's a static station, um, much like the wingtip uh, uh, gun points on the S-foils. So um, you have two static, this is the shooty bits, and then you have one, like, independent... Oh, you can aim at your own targets. You can aim uh, backwards. You can um, also react more quickly. Yeah, and um, it's a, it has a gyroscopic, uh, what's it called? Cockpit. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So both both the gunner the gunner station on the uh, the blade and the cockpit itself are both gyroscopic, meaning they can move completely independent of what the rest of the ship is doing. Um, Normally, you see this in a very simple 180-style gunner turret. So, for yeah. instance, the Y-Wing has a gunner turret, but it can only move in a 180-degree field of view horizontally and about 90 degrees vertically. So it's stuck in a stationary place. If it, if, essentially, if you can't see it, you can't hit it. No. Um, this was the instance in when airplane-to-airplane -airplane warfare was a thing you designed gyroscopic gunner turrets because you, not only did you want better field of vision, which you couldn't accomplish by both piloting and gunning, you also wanted it to be completely independent in that you're focused on the skyline as the pilot. I'm focused on the enemy. That's the beauty of the uh, Millennium Falcon setup. The pilot is completely independent of the gunner, although the pilot can control the guns. So it's meant and designed to be strategically dogfight heavy. What was your episode? What was your favorite episode of the Rebels Rewatch, Jimmy? <laughs> I really liked when they talked about airplanes for a long time. <laughs> uh, well, there's so much in, like you can't talk about the B wing without talking about what influenced it. And, and you love this stuff. Like oh this is gosh, your baby. Yeah. Um, you love it almost as much as I love Maul. Yeah. Well, he's also a... gyroscopic. <laughs> And, and it's not only, like, the design stuff, or it's not only, like, the the uh, historical real-world influences, but it's also just the people. So the, the B-Wing originally was named after um, Bill, uh, last name. That's quite the last name. Sorry, I wanted to say Bill Johnston, and I know that's not it, because it's, it's uh, uh, Joe Johnston and Bill George. So Joe, Joe Johnston oversaw a lot of the design stuff uh, for Episode 6. Uh, Bill George was one of the model makers, and he's the one that actually built the B-Wing. Yeah. Um, the B-Wing. Lucasfilm uh, has always had a very technical process for naming conventions. Um, like you know, the A-Wing. So difficult because um, essentially, uh, and this is mind-blowing, um, you know, and you have to pay attention and, and, and really hear what I'm saying because it's very technical, very uh, geek-speak, and very hard to understand. Um, essentially, the A-Wing and B-Wing, okay, listen, uh, it's very complicated, very scientific. Uh, it was named that way because they needed Fighter A and Fighter B designs. 
Dun, dun, dun. So for each film, they basically allotted, hey, we want to make something new. We're going to have the X-Wings, obviously. We're going to have the Star Destroyers, obviously. TIE Fighters, obviously. Every time they tried to say, okay, well, here's something new. So you had Fighter A, Fighter B slot. So they filled it with A-Wing, B-Wing. Like, it was literally just, well, why don't we just call it that? Um, But again, you talk to other sources, the B-Wing is named after Bill George, who had the heaviest hand in designing these things. Um, Weighed at least two pounds. Yeah, at least. Um, So, I mean, regardless of which source you go, um, it's clearly a reference. And they reference that here. The astromech that assists Corey is uh, B-6, named after Bill. uh, And it's designed off of a shirt in the most famous picture of Bill with the completed B-wing design. Interesting, cool callbacks. And then, obviously, Quarry is, in and of himself, a reference to Ralph McQuarrie, who helped bring to life a lot of the illustrations. None, a, a lot of Star Wars would not have gotten approved if it weren't for the masterful art of Ralph McQuarrie. Mm-hmm. So much isn't real until you make it look cool. Yes, and it looks uh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. So a lot of famous art, if you look up a lot of stuff, uh, especially as it pertains to like ships, uh, troopers, and, and, and world designs, that's, that's McQuarrie. There's a lot of other talented artists as well, but clearly mm-hmm. McQuarrie has a very big stamp. So... Oh, yeah. When when creating a creator character, when creating a character that, you know, designed, built, and uh, created something arguably weird, like what the heck? Yeah. Obviously, McCory fits that because everything he brought to life was weird, didn't quite make sense, but dang if it ain't cool. So, so yes, so so we get the B-Wing origin story. So, Corey's designing this thing because it's a pet project, and a big part of the story is Hera convincing him hey, I get this is important to you, but this could help a lot of people. Yeah. We need you. We need your ship. Um, and it's from sharing her personal experiences and passion for flying that ultimately says, you know what? This is right. You're meant to fly this. And because, like, Corey is very in on the idea of not just anybody can handle this. Yeah. Not anybody should. I don't. I'm not a pilot. I just made the thing. So he really believes in the whole idea of the right pilot for the right ship. Um, and Hera proves herself. She's she's able to, to pilot it, which is a talent in and of itself because it's such a weird ship. It's yeah. so different. Um, but also she's just got a, a pilot's determination. And, and again, she, she talks about how she saw ships flying and just wanted to be a part of that. Like, she cares. Um... And so it's this real big, I, I you know, I, I, I relate it to how, like, we, we as fans pass on to other fans our fandom when we see, well, why do you want to watch Star Wars? Why yeah. do you like Star Wars? Not that we gatekeep so much, but it's this interesting thing of when you see someone who lights up the same way you light up about your hobby. Yeah, there's something special about that. Yeah, all of a sudden there's a connection. You, you might have a million things different about each other. You might disagree politically. You might not believe in the same guy in the sky. You might not like the same color. You might not like coffee. But you like Star Wars. There's that amazing common ground that you're all of a sudden like, all right, I believe in you. And, the, and there's something special there to be had. And that's what happens in this episode. And ultimately... Using the B-Wing, they're able to cut through, literally, uh, the blockade to yeah. get the food relief effort. So you mentioned the weapons. Um, yeah. 
the Rebels would have won a long dang time ago if every B-Wing manufactured after this had the weaponry this thing has. Yeah. So Blade Wing is not just because of, okay, it looks like a blade. Because when it's all flattened out and horizontal, it looks like a knife. It looks like a blade. Mm -hmm. Even when you extend it, it kind of looks like a rapier. But um, it's also got a laser blade. (laughs) Like, so... So ridiculous. Every point on uh, the the B-Wing, the four major points on the two S-foils, the cockpit, and the gunner position, can all shoot almost in this Death Star configuration that creates a big old laser that can just shoot through anything. Mm-hmm. Everything becomes butter when this thing fires. Uh, and that's the reason they're able to get through the Star Destroyers is because they use this big old honkin' laser blade thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's so cool. Yet again, um, that would have been really great to have and the rest of them. Uh, apparently, it's just too complicated, too, too maintenance-heavy. I don't know. Yeah. Um... And the funniest thing about this is that Corey says at the end of the episode, it was just hammered together. Yeah. Basically. It's the pilot. It's made out of junk. Yeah. Um, but Hera's not. Exactly. It's it's about the pilot. It's about what you do with it. She's made and, out of spunk and determination. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, so Corey comes on board as a rebel to help design more, to make this a standard issue. So, again, before this, this we the B-Wing did not live. There was no B-Wing. There was just this ship. Yeah. Basically, he works to mass-produce what we later see present in many major battles uh, throughout the Rebellion's history. Um, even on into the Resistance era, it's so consistently reliable and, and, and uh, trustworthy, it's in use 40 years later. Like that mm-hmm. That's a testament. Much like Star Wars, it's still prevalent 40 years later. So like there's a, something special about it. It's like a Crown Vic. Sure. Just keeps on ticking. Um... So, so we get the origin of the B-Wing, um, and in reference to the things we talked about and teased out in terms of all of these, oh, deep political, like, you know, the, the, rebellion, the rebellion just trying to run humanitarian efforts, feed people, and the Empire being like, no, because they disagree with the Empire. Um, you know, we could talk endlessly about how deep and how powerful that is and how that colors the Empire, how that reveals the heroism of the rebellion, and blah, 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 blah. Um... But we'd be here a long time. And there's plenty more episodes that yeah. highlight those same things that we could talk about uh, at a later time. But um, I-, I love the B-Wing. I- again, my kind of Star Wars is the weird Star Wars, the unique Star Wars. And the B-Wing is just so unique. Yeah. So different. Uh, but all the cool histor- historical loving details that are part of its origin also make it awesome. Um, you know, we've talked before, like, sir, when you go behind the scenes, sometimes all of a sudden this, the scenes are way better. Yeah. When you understand how they made the dinosaur, all of a sudden Jurassic Park is a whole different movie. When you understand how they made the Terminator, all of a sudden it's way cooler of a movie. It's less scary even. You know, when you understand how, um, or, or not even that, when you understand the actor behind Pennywise, all of a sudden you're less scared of him because yeah. who could be scared of Tim Curry? He's amazing. Um, I mean... Well, sometimes. Fish, <laughs> when fishnets are involved, be scared. But Hey, no, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, you know, it's sometimes when you... And and that's what, like, in, in real-world current events, I wish I could get people to understand. See, things seem so offensive when you say them on the surface and take it at the surface, but when you really seek 
to educate yourself. What do these things mean? What does that mean? How does that, how can you believe that? How can that perspective be the, when you educate and when you dig in, all of a sudden it can make so much more sense. Yeah. All of a sudden you can find yourself believing in it. And so, you know, I'm trying not to, I don't want to inundate people with my political opinions and whatnot, but. No, do it. When you find yourself offended or when you find yourself differing from the current view or other people's view, seek to understand and educate rather than judge and humiliate. Yeah. Try, because all of a sudden, because there's so many things people can uh, be wing. That's stupid. Looks stupid. Sounds stupid. What the heck? And it's orange? That's the ugliest color. What the heck? I'll fist fight you on that one. When you all of a sudden get into the the detail and the loving creation of this thing and when when you understand it in a whole different way all of a sudden all those things you don't necessarily like or agree with don't matter as much as the passion behind it as yeah it doesn't matter as much in the grand scheme of things in the perfect world it'll completely change your opinion i didn't like the b-wing until i heard about how they made it who made it you know all this all of a sudden it was so cool to me because i love the process in which it became made I don't like the ship, but I like how it was made. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I think if we took time to understand, um, we would disagree a lot less. Uh, I think if we took time to look into how these things are made and, and, and put together, we would like things a lot more. Um, you know, and there's so much, there's so, so many layers, as we talked about earlier. There's so many ways to come in and love Star Wars. You know, if you can look at it and say you just don't like it and you're not going to try, that's on you, dog. That's not the system. That's not the the, the uh, fandom. That's mm-hmm. just you not wanting to get involved. That's not. That's just you refusing to dig in. So, yeah. um, definitely a fun episode. I like anything involving in the cool ships and all this other stuff. So yeah, we know it was an instant win with me. Um, the next episode's really cool as well. Much more character-driven. We get into some backstory for Sabine. So, again, we're starting to get this stuff of... We have those team episodes and dynamics, and now we're starting to tease back, and, all right, we want individual stories. This was mainly a Hera episode. Yeah. Even with Zeb and Sabine there, this is mostly about peeling back some of the history of Hera's character. Why is she the pilot? Why is she so good at what she does? Uh, It comes from her passion for flying. So next, uh, I want to say next week, but next time, uh, we get to understand a little bit more of how Sabine got to be the cool bounty hunting character, B.A., that she is. Um, and so hopefully you'll be here for it. Hopefully I haven't run everybody off with my rambles. You, um, I'm still here. If so, I don't care. I'll listen to the episode. I'm you'll here. always be here. We will always be here. Uh, hopefully you'll always be here. I'll be you. here for you. Um, but uh, next time we'll be... Uh, like I said, talking about uh, Sabine, it's uh, the eighth episode, Blood Sisters. So tune in for that later this week, next time. Um, thank you to our Patreons who make all of this weird crap possible. Um, I don't know what's wrong with you, but we do appreciate you. Yeah. Um, to everyone that listens, you're awesome. Uh, check out the Red 5 Network, a uh, bunch of weird Star Wars people that love Star Wars. Uh, and we love them. Exactly. So um, if you want more Star Wars in your life, check them out. Uh, if you want, if you like other things than Star Wars, Game Infinite is a place, um, despite the name, uh, not just for gaming, but, um, for all kinds of geekdom, um, and geekdom expressions, cosplay, uh, gaming, streaming, uh, art, all kinds of cool stuff. So, 
if you want more than just Star Wars in your life, check out Game Infinite as well. Those are two awesome networks we're very grateful to be a part of. So um, that helps make us who we are. And that's connected us with maybe somebody on the other side of this microphone. If so, thank you for listening and checking out. Hopefully we're not super weird and hopefully... Uh, You'll, you'll be okay. back. We'll be back. Okay, okay. It's time to end. Yeah, okay. Time, right. to, time to go to sleep. Uh, well, I've been your herd leader, John. And I've been your herd mom, Megan. See you next time, guys. May the force be with you. Night-night. <laughs>